This reading is from James chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. <clears throat> so speak and so do, as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For he who has shown no mercy will have judgment without mercy, for mercy triumphs over judgment. What does it profit, my brothers, if a man says he has faith but has no works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and lacking daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, and yet you give them nothing that the body needs, what does it profit? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. In a second lesson from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand, and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come. You that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared from the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger, or naked or sick or in prison, and did not take care of you? And he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. May you join me in prayer. Come Holy Spirit, plant these words in our hearts that they might inspire us to faith and also inspire us to action. That we might do your work, and share your grace with our neighbors and with the world. We pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen. I want to start you out this morning with a video clip from one of my favorite 80s movies. I think you'll probably recognize it, so let's take a look. I'm sorry, boy. 
The lab is an awful, 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 awful mess. Attaboy. Obviously, the time continuum has been disrupted, creating this new temporal event sequence resulting in this alternate reality. English, Doc. Here, here, here. Let me, let me illustrate. Imagine that this line represents time. Here's the present, 1985, the future, and the past. Prior to this point in time, somewhere in the past, the timeline skewed into this tangent, creating an alternate 1985. Alternate to you, me, and Einstein, but reality for everyone else. Can you name the movie? Yeah. It was two. There, that's very specific. Well done. Well done. In the Back to the Future movies, in all three of them, everyone is worried that the smallest change in something in the past could disrupt the space-time continuum. Great Scott. And I wonder... Could one little action matter that much? How much of a difference can you really make? A lot of us tell ourselves all the time that we don't matter very much. And we discount the little things we do each day in our lives. But how much could one little action really matter? What does it mean to offer one cup of water? What does it mean to visit one person who's sick or in prison? What does it mean to teach one child? What does it mean to cook one meal? What does it mean to sew one button? What does it mean to do one thing, even if it's just a little thing? How much could it really matter? I posed that question on the weekend where we gather back from leaving the building together. And Jesus gives the answer. Whatever you have done to the least of these, you have done for me. There's a very famous saying uh, from the monk St. Francis of Assisi. He said, Preach the gospel always. When necessary, use words. So in the spirit of St. Francis, I'm going to stop using words this morning, and I'm going to let you see the gospel in action. Let's take a look at all the things that happened last Sunday. Show you the way to a better day. 
Obviously, the space-time continuum has been disrupted, creating this new temporal event sequence resulting in this alternate reality. In plain English, makes a difference, right? Even one small thing makes a difference in, in how the world will be, how God's kingdom will come to be in our world. Can I just say that I am so proud to be your pastor. I'm so proud to be the pastor to Cheryl and Allison, who, who put all this together. Here's a little secret. Last week, I got kind of bored. I was just sitting around my office without much to do all week, because this church did all of these things all by yourselves. The, the leaders of each team, the workers who showed up to work the people who ate peanut butter eggs like it was your job, right? <laughs> but I really am so proud to be your pastor. I read this week that Jesus had a favorite word. I hadn't considered this before, but Jesus' favorite word in the scriptures is a verb. And his favorite word is the verb Go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Jesus didn't say, hey guys, let, let's get together and build a building. We'll gather there. We can pray and hang out together. He always said, go. Go in my name to the people out there who need to hear about grace, who need to hear about love, who need to experience forgiveness. Go is the most important verb Jesus used. 
So go this week. Back to the place where you work. Back to the school where you study. Back to the neighborhood where you live. But go with purpose. Go in the name of Christ. And wherever you go, and whatever small actions you take this week, remember that they matter. They matter to Jesus who says, whatever you did for the least of these, you do for me. Amen. So you may see up front that we got some thank you notes from the kids at Chambers Hill Elementary. We're displaying some of their artwork, but I wanted to share with you a few of their words. Here you go. Thank you, church members, for painting this stuff on the playground. If you didn't, our playground would look bland. Thank you. That's from John. Thank you, church members, because the playground is a place that we have a lot of fun, and you guys made it even better. By painting the playground, it's so beautiful, and all of the students love it, so thank you very much. That's from Yubra. All right, this one is particularly for uh, Jim Swalm. He was over there, and he said... I'm a math teacher, and I have no artistic ability whatsoever. So they let him calculate uh, the angles and lay out the plan for painting. But I want to give him this compliment. Thank you so much for the beautiful paintings. I'm so thankful for them. I really enjoy playing with them. They are honestly a very talented drawing. And the cooler is beautiful. The color is beautiful. And I love colors and drawing. And your church has such talent. Thank you for these blessings of drawings. And finally, dear friends at Chambers Hill United Methodist Church, we are so very grateful to you for volunteering your time to paint parts of our playground and playground area. We have been studying civic virtue in our social studies class, and your contribution to our community is most definitely an example of civic virtue. The following thoughts of appreciation came from our classmates during our morning meeting. Thank you for painting our playground. Thank you for making the line on our dodgeball court. We are happy. You showed civic virtue. Thank you for the cool designs. Thank you for making games and activities for us. Sincerely, Mrs. Bonzel's fourth grade class. Now, let me interpret that for you. They're talking in the public school about civic virtue. What we talk about here is the love of Christ. And what these kids at our school now know is that the people of this church love them. And they see it every time they come down those back stairs. And they know that you came over there because you love Jesus and you love them. And they'll be reminded of it every time they go outside to play. Isn't that awesome? I invite you now, as we hear some music, to offer your gifts and your tithes to God.